Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi, and with me, as always, is Armin Navabi. Armin, how are you today? Good, good. I am loading the live chat on my phone so that I can see what our patrons... Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're a patron, that means that you could be here live with us while we have these episodes. So I just want to make sure that I have the live chat here on my phone so I can see what everyone's going to say. So and they're watching us, actually. They're, they're watching us. If you're a patron, you can actually watch. Because you're probably, if you're not a patron, you're listening to this on audio. But if you're a patron, you can watch. And like mm -hmm. Armin's sitting there shirtless right now. You look really good, man. I mean, you've really built it up. Just like, <laughs> I don't know, you're tempting me. This is fitna. Oh my um, God. So, um, yeah, so today I can see Bulbul and Susanna and everybody. They're all in the group chat. So that's fantastic. Uh, so... Yeah, today we're going to talk about something that we have talked about here before, but I really, really want to get into it right now because I'm hearing about this a lot. I'm hearing about someone or another being anti-Semitic. Sometimes it's very overt, like, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Sometimes, you know, there's controversy around it, even though it's kind of clear, like Ilhan Omar. Um, and then recently, one of my favorite comedians, right, Michael Che on Saturday Night Live is doing a weekend update segment, okay? And he made a joke. Armin, did you want to play the joke? If oh, you, if you yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, I'll play it right away, actually. Let me just... Yeah, let me play this so we can get us out of the way. Okay? Okay. So This is Michael Che on Saturday Night Live Weekend Update. All right. All right. Playing right now. Let me know if you have idea. Israel is reporting that they vaccinated half of their population. And I'm going to guess it's the Jewish half. <laughs> Okay, so that's it. That was it. That was it. Like, that was the joke. That was the entire thing that got every yeah. So that, that how many seconds was that? That was like it's just a few seconds. Yeah, one more time. One more time. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't believe how fast it went. It went by. Like for the people who missed it. One more time. Yeah. Israel is reporting that they vaccinated half of their population, and I'm gonna guess it's the Jewish half. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, this was a joke. And this clearly, again, you know, I, I think most people just took it as a joke. Most people were okay with it, but there were, there were, there was a significant vocal minority that came out that they were outraged at a joke. Um, again, and this is a joke. Obviously, it's an exaggeration. You know, Israel does have a twenty percent Arab population, and you know, the forty-four percent of them have been vaccinated too. But that's not what he was getting at. He was indirectly and satirically pointing out that in Israel and Palestine, 50% of the population, right, it lives under occupation, okay? So even if it's not like settlers and everything, like in Gaza, there's no settlements and everything, but they're both occupied territories, like Gaza and the West Bank. So what happens in that population, even Amnesty International has put out a statement, you know, saying that Israel has not been vaccinating um, the people who are actually under its own rule. 
And th that was his point. All right, Liz, can you provide some context first? Because Israel has been uh, right now one of the leading countries in vaccinating. Yeah, right. Like, um, in fact, it's been very, very impressive at how fast um, Israel has gotten to half of to vaccinating half of its population. Um, like, people are like, it's been very impressive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so every so this has become like a pro-Israel uh, promotion that look we're ahead. Half of the population has been vaccinated. Um, so here's the thing, though. That I, I mean, the, we could have. There's two ways we could go about this. Whether it is anti-Semitic or is it not? Um, but are we, or whether this is accurate or this is, or is it not? Right? Because. Mm -hmm. The the people who want to point out that this joke is not correct. So the joke is like, oh yeah, you you vaccinated half of your population, probably the Jewish half. I mean, nobody. If you want to be, I don't think like jokes are supposed to be one hundred percent literally accurate um, for them to make a point. But even if they, even some people are saying that, well, this is. This this is accurate, right? Um, so we're not even right now talking about whether it's, this is anti-Semitic or not. But the people who are saying this is ridiculous uh, are the people who are saying that, look, actually, if you pay attention to what's happening, the 20% population of Israel who's Arab, who have Israeli citizenship, they're getting the vaccine as fast as the Jewish citizens of Israel, right? So that should be for all the people who say that Israel is a racist ethno state or whatever. If that was the case, why are the Arabs are getting vaccinated as fast in Israel as the Jewish ones? So they're saying not only this joke is not accurate, if you actually look at what's happening, it should be an indication that Israel is not racist, okay? So the counter to that is what you said, Ellie, that actually we're not talking about Israeli citizens, Arab Israeli citizens. We're talking about the Palestinians who are not getting any vaccines. Like I think it's been really bad, okay? So for f Palestinians, they have been getting under like, I mean, I don't know what last time I checked was like 2000 for a population of how many million, how much was it? Like is, is, I don't remember the numbers, but it was ridiculously small. Okay. Well below half. Well, oh, well no, below oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not it's, even <laughs> it's not like, like saying half is like, it's basically Israel is one of like, if you look at Israel, it's one of the leading countries when it comes to percentage of uh, vaccination. When you look at Palestine is one of the worst right now. Okay. Um, I don't, so you could get very technical about the joke because the joke is technically not accurate because the Palestinians are not Israelis, right? So when the joke is saying, I'm guessing it's the Jewish half, and people are like, well, it's accurate because if you add all the Palestinians, it does end up actually being 50% not being um, vaccinated. But people are like, well, they're not Israeli. Like, at, um, people say, like, wait a minute, these, why would the Israeli government be responsible for uh, citizens of another nation? 
like so that would be the comeback like they're like they're responsible for like look when they are when they when it comes to citizens of israel they are not being prejudiced when it comes to jewish or arab now this if you're talking about palestine well not, those are another that's another country why would they need to be responsible for their vaccination the same way that they're responsible for their own citizens so what well, we say they're also uh, for well here's the this is the downside of that is that they're also they have taken responsibility for their air control they've taken responsibility for their borders they've taken responsibility for uh, a lot of the laws and a lot of the law enforcement and the military aspects and the the law, the, the police force and everything else in those occupied territories so they 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 are responsible for all of those things because they they want to be they've uh, it's occupied territory um so if if they have that and they they actually can control what vaccines come in and go out and so on you know then they should be responsible for this too and that's the amnesty international position so i'm going to actually send you this link i don't know if you want to share it armin well um okay so here's the thing so there's a lot of criticism on Israel because um, Israel has been blocking medicine um, before, even before this whole to a lot of um, to, you know this this has a, a history, right? Mm -hmm. And there are reports that Israel is using vaccines um, as a bargaining chip against the Palestinians and st stuff like that. So that can be uh, criticized. And as you said. Um, there you know if you are an occupying force you do have some responsibilities to the occupied territory in fact it's a geneva convention article 56 i think mm -hmm. um that says occupying powers are responsible for medical supplies of the occupied population including adoption and application of the uh i don't know pro profil i don't know how to say this one and preventive measures necessary necessary to combat the spread of uh, contagious diseases and epidemic to the fullest extent of the means available to it. So based on that, you could say that, uh, and I believe Israel is a signatory to the Geneva Conventions, and based on that, they're not... Um, they're basically violating human rights, international human rights, right? Uh, by not letting the vaccines get in mm -hmm. or not okay. supplying... Yep. And one thing I'm going to add to that, uh, the settlers, Israeli settlers living in the West Bank, are being vaccinated. They're under the Israeli plan, right? Yeah, but they are um, citizens. They're citizens. They're included. But they, they are in the, it's, so it's not just like, you know, in the occupied, within the occupied territory, they right. are actually distributing vaccines in right. the settlement. So yeah. So, so there's, then there's the, that, that's where the apartheid argument comes in. So a lot of people are bringing in this word apartheid that, this is sort of reinforcing this impression that there is an apartheid there. Right. Um, so, so I'm going to get very technical. Okay. So, yes, well, what you're pointing out is that Israel is making sure that even in the occupied territory, like West Bank, the vaccines are getting to um, people as long as they're Israeli citizens. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I'm hearing echo. I'm not sure if it's just me or live chat, please uh, tell me. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Yeah, that's much better. Thank you. Um, it's okay though. It's I don't think it's coming out in the stream. Okay. Um so but these are now I'm if you get really technical about this, okay, you could say that Israel is in violation of 
the Geneva Convention by not supplying to uh, vaccines to Palestinians. However, the joke will still be inaccurate, and I know I'm being very uh, picky about this because the joke implies there's racism involved, okay? So even if Israel is at fault for provide for not providing vaccines to Palestinians, okay? The fact that they are providing vaccines to Arab Israelis but not to Palestinians, again, this you could argue that this is a violation of the Geneva Conventions, but the joke implies there was something racist going on here. This might be like this might still be bad, but not in a racist way bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this might be Israeli versus Palestinian um, bad versus not Arab versus Jewish versus Arab bad. Because if you're an Israeli, you get your vaccines. Um, yeah, but I mean, so again, you know, we're we're going into the details of it and we're trying to like take a nitpicking apart the joke. I know, and I we will get beyond, get beyond the joke and talk about just generally what is uh, when is uh, anti when is criticizing Israel anti-Semitic and when it's not. But um, it's it's a it's it's a bigger thing thing than that. Like the, the whole idea is that that uh, Israel considers itself a Jewish state, right? Um, and it considers itself a democracy. It considers itself a, a Jewish state and a democracy. Um, now it is a democracy, but it is also occupying a half of the population. If you look at Israel and the Palestinian territories as one unit, then it's it's basically half of its population. Five million people or more are under occupation, right? Are under illegal rule. So, um, and and if all of them were given the vote, if all of them were able to vote, it wouldn't be a Jewish state anymore, but it would be a democracy. <laughs> but if they don't get the vote, it remains a Jewish state, but it's not a democracy anymore. So I think that 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 is the the general idea behind when people talk about uh, there's a preference for. For Jews in Israel, so the the same kind of thing happens with them. If you look at Israel's marriage laws, I mean, we know that there is a discriminatory policy sometimes even against uh, Arab Israelis. Although Arab Israelis are generally a lot happier than uh, people Arabs in other states, so I'm definitely given that. But there are some discriminatory policies uh, within that, even against uh, the Arabs. So there, it's a it's a complicated kind of thing. Obviously, it's a complicated situation. It's one of the most complicated. Um, uh, conflicts in the world. It's a very complicated conflict over something really, really simple and dumb, of course, but it is a complicated con conflict, right? So, any so, you made is not going to, if you're going to joke about it in seven seconds, it's definitely going to be a, a whole bunch of people who will be very upset about it. Um, and there'll be other people who will look at the meaning behind it and you can find whatever you want. So I do, uh, before, I do want to read what the health minister said in Israel in response to all of this. Yeah. But before we do that, I do want to read some of the comments by our patrons. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to read that? Here yeah, Jeremy Frank is saying, the failure of both pro-Israel and anti-Israel people to distinguish between Arab-Israeli citizens and Palestinians on the subject uh, has been cringeworthy. Well, let me tell you, Jeremy, um, that's... That's a that's something that the Arab Israelis themselves struggle with as well. <laughs> <laughs> like as a person that has uh, been to Israel and has talked to a lot uh, myself and has been talking to a lot of uh, Arab Israelis, 
um, there is a divide between Arab Israelis themselves on whether or not they consider themselves Palestinians or Israelis um, or whether or not. And sometimes if you pressure them, I remember having a conversation with the Arab Israeli who's, who said, um, who considered himself not an Israeli, but a Palestinian. Uh, and I told him like, will he be willing to give up his passport? Israeli passport and he was like no I will <laughs> I, 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 and he seems to be enjoying his rights and his passport and everything that comes with it being an Israeli so mm -hmm. like so what, what so wait so you like all of that but you don't consider yourself Israeli but yeah, you just enjoy all the rights and all the privileges that comes with being Israeli and he was like hmm so <laughs> so yeah, yeah so yeah, I'm just saying, like the, this, this whole this uh, this is still a conversation within Arab Israelis as well. Go on. This is yeah. So and, and this is a very complicated thing again, Jeremy. So for instance, it's you know, like the example that you're giving me, right? I go up to somebody, you know, who is uh, a Palestinian <laughs> Arab, happens to be an Israeli citizen. He's in Israel, and he's like, okay, I've got, I've got all the rights, but I have uncles and I have cousins and I have things like that in the occupied Palestinian territories, right? And I don't like the way that they're living. So, you know, you ask them, well, do you want to give up what you're doing? And you want to be like, you know, then you can be happy. And you can say, yes, I want to keep this because I don't like the way that you're treating all of those people. So I don't want you to take this away from me and throw me in that crowd. And that's a perfectly legitimate sentiment where you can be opposed to the occupation and still be very happy and thankful that you have your Israeli citizenship. Now, when you have this whole thing that, you know, what you're saying that it's cringeworthy, um, it, yeah, it's a, I wouldn't say cringeworthy. I don't think it's that surprising. But this, I think, is something that's fairly obvious to people. The other thing is that we have Arab Israelis. We have Israeli citizens who are also Arab, so we are not discriminating is a kind of uh, has been used a lot as a cover for what they're doing for Palestinians. So anytime you, know, you point out... Okay, it's not that simple, Ali. I don't. I don't. I, I think. I, but I'm, I'm just giving the argument. I don't. Right. I have counter arguments against this too. But I'm doing actually. I'm pulling an arm in right now. But yes. So so what I'm saying is that um, and this I've heard from a lot of Palestinian people, you know, who say this that every time we point out there's an issue with Palestinians, that there is an apartheid here. You know, you've got a discriminatory policies against Palestinians and the occupation, the settlements and everything. And then, you know, they'll always say, oh, look, we've got like 20% of our, our citizens are also Arab right, in Israel. And look, they're not complaining. And they always kind of use that as a way to silence the whole uh, discrimination. But I mean, process. sometimes it's fair, though. Sometimes it's fair to it, point it's, that. It is. Sometimes it because, is fair, yes. Because it is true. It is true that... Uh, Israel, um, you know, again, when we talk about Israel, we shouldn't be talking about it as if it's one thing, okay? Mm -hmm. um, Arabs in Israel have it better than Arabs in most Arab countries. Um, well, the first Arab and, women who actually got the right to vote were Israeli Arab women. Right. right. Um, and again, this is uh, what I'm doing right now is fallacious because it's what about is them, but I'm going to do it anyways. You say Shut up. Uh, it's logically fallacious. Oh, fallacious, Armin. God. Yes. Sorry, it's Persian. Persian. So, okay. Um, no, but yeah, so I am comparing, um, I am comparing um, 
Israel to the worst of countries. And it's easy to look good when you do that, right? But it is, but it's still true, right? Um, it is true that you know um, Arabs do have a voice, not maybe not enough voice, but do, they do have a voice in Israeli politics. It is true that discrimination exists against Arabs even within Israel, uh, but it's not as big as a lot of people uh, make it seem right like um, and it's also true that there are many uh, m m a lot of Jewish people in Israel are very very friendly and there are many Arabs and Jews within Israel that get along without even noticing that who's a Jew and who's an Arab okay so these are all of this is true at the same time the discrimination exists and the other side exists as well okay um, and yeah, again, Arabs have more rights in Israel than in many other countries, many other Arab countries. Okay, but um, I, I also wanted to mention that um, Arab Israelis have it really difficult from all. Uh, well, not when it comes to their life, but when it comes to their, I shouldn't actually say that. So Arab Israelis um, don't uh, are demonized from all sides, right? Uh, both, not just by the, the the existing discrimination that does exist within Israel as well. So we can't deny that, you know, it's not as bad as Palestinians, but still there are many elements within Israeli government that is in favor of creating uh, an ethno state and is create, making Israel a Jewish state rather than a secular state, um, is in, in, in uh, making uh, Arab uh, feel like second class citizens, right? That, for, that element exists. Um, right now um and it's it's a growing movement it's not I mean, a lot of people think like it's an all-encompassing like it's all of israel is like that it's not like that. it's a force that exists that is pushing for that to happen that doesn't mean that all of israel's agenda and everything all the politics in israel is for that in fact many people in israel uh, are against that right um but that does exist so the israeli arabs do suffer from that but they also are hated a lot by Palestinians, okay. Israeli Arabs are often um, uh, often seen as portrayed as uh, people who have betrayed uh, their fellow Arabs, their fellow Palestinians, brothers and sisters, because of how good they have it in Israel. Um, and and they, they they are seen some some Palestinians even hate them more uh, um, compared to Israelis because they think like you were supposed to be on our side. I mean, they a lot of a lot of Palestinians are extremely anti-Semitic, okay? That's also true. Uh, and as much as they hate the Jews, they hate their Palestinian brothers and sisters who are Israeli sometimes even more. That's also true, okay? Again, hashtag not all. Not every Palestinian is anti-Semitic, but anti-Semitism exists in Palestine extremely higher than most other places, extremely higher than most other places. So that's also true, okay? They, see, these are a lot of these things, like if I, if you... If if you cut some of the things that we're seeing here uh, and you play it, you, it seems like we're on one side, right? And if you cut some other things that we say here, we, it seems like we're on the other side. And people can't figure out which camp we are in. And that's a good thing because we're no in no man's camp, okay? We're trying to figure out. That's how you know when people can't decide, figure out, like, wait, are you on my side or not? Are you on the, my side or not? That's a good sign because people can't. Because that means that you're actually trying to figure out the nuance, 
sometimes you fail, but you're at least trying to find out the nuance be behind what's happening. And that's why it's very difficult for people to decide whether you or not you belong in a tribe or not. Anyways, do you want me to read what the health minister said earlier, or you wanted to say? Yeah, something? let's do that. Let's go, let's go with the response. So, so the health minister in Israel, in response to... The health minister responded to Michael Che? So no. So Michael Che came up with this joke. And then Israelis, a lot of people in defense of Israel's government came and said, this is not accurate. Look, Israel is actually vaccinating its Arab citizens um, the same way it's doing every other citizen. And then people responded, well, no, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Palestinians. And then in response to that, the health minister, uh, Israel health minister said, hold on. Oh, he likened his obligation to vaccine, to vaccinate Palestinians. Uh, to Palestinians' responsibility to care for dolphins in the Mediterranean. Wait, say that again? So Israeli health minister likened his obligation to vaccinate Palestinians to Palestinians' responsibility to care for dolphins in the Mediterranean. Okay. Well, okay, that, so just, that just makes the whole thing look so much better. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. When a lot of people say anti one of the most uh, common anti-Semitic tropes is the, like, I, I, don't, I don't know why, why this is seen worse than, than other things. Maybe there's a logic to it. But dehumanization is something that keeps coming up, right? Um, especially when it comes to back in World War II under Germany, comparing the Jews to, I don't even know if I should say it because I don't know if I could get in trouble just for saying it, um, but, but it's certain animals, right? Um, and that usually when you cross that line, um, I don't, I, I genuinely don't know if that's worse than other forms of racism because, you know, but that's seen by society as the, as you crossing a line that you shouldn't be crossing at all. Right. Um, so this, if it was said against, this is this was supposed to, I don't know if this is a joke or not. Like apparently it's supposed to be a joke. Even if you don't find it funny, I think that was the intention. Um, but this joke didn't get the backlash um, than the original joke. Like the joke about um, that everybody's talking about. What's the comedian's name? Um, you're muted. A uh, comedian's name is Michael Che, but yeah, a, Michael. A, a, a really yeah. important distinction. People say this, they're like, well, Michael Che said it. Michael Che is a comedian on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, where right. they have Drunk Uncle on, well, they used to, I haven't seen him in a long time. Right. Um, this We're talking right now about a statement from the Israeli health minister. Yeah, that proves my point, because yeah. this, should get, get, this should have gotten more of a reaction compared to the comedian. The comedian is a comedian. Like I thought, like, I thought the comedians like, get more leeway with what they get to say, right? right? I mean, this is something, this is was a joke that didn't get any of the backlash. Maybe none of them should get the backlash. Maybe like people should be able to joke. I don't know, but I just think there's a double standard here, right? You have the health minister say, make joking like this, right? About the Palestinians getting disease and nobody helping them, right? Even mm -hmm. though it's under the Geneva Convention that you should. I mean, dolphins are not protected under any Geneva Conventions or not, right? Like that, there's no, we don't have, that's not under internet. Like comparing the Palestinians to dolphins, um, I think if the Jews were compared to any animals in any, in any joke in any way, the backlash would have been so massive, 
so massive, right? So the fact that the health minister comes and compares the Palestinians to an animal uh, and to, to, to joke about their responsibility to them and that not getting a backlash to me shows that there's a global bias about, about who gets to say what, you know? So mm. what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. This is like I, one thing I just want to get clear here. When we talk about Israelis and Palestinians, we like when we're talking about Israelis, as you said, there is the Netanyahu government, okay, which has like roughly sort of the support of fifty percent of the population. Like, as you know, he's been struggling, just barely managing to get elected, and had to have repeat elections because he couldn't form coalitions. So there is a sizable chunk of Israel that does not support Netanyahu. Um, then there are. Arab Israelis, there are other, I mean, Israel is not just when we talk about pro-Israeli or anti-Israeli, it's just a, it's, it's a bad concept, right? Yeah. You have, you have a, an outlet like Haaretz that comes out of Israel and you also have like all these conservative right-wing Israeli mm. papers, right? So there's that, there's, there's already, you've got the, the West Bank settlers, like they're Israeli citizens and they have conflicts even with the uh, most conservative people in the Knesset, right. in, in the Israeli government. And the same thing with the Palestinians. You know, when you say this stuff about compare them to dolphins or how, how Avigdor Lieberman said that they should be, you know, thrown into the sea. You know, and Avigdor Lieberman used to be a foreign minister at one point. I mean, he said this many years ago. So when you talk about it, you're what you're saying, the word dehumanization, that's right. When you start thinking of every, I mean, there are kids there. There's Palestinian kids. There's Palestinian secular people. There's Palestinian people who uh, have all kinds of different opinions, right? There are Palestinian people who are very, very religious and Islamist, and they vote for Hamas because they want um, uh, they because they believe in the jihad. And then there are even more people in Gaza who vote for Hamas because Hamas gives them money, gives them social services, and they don't have any other option. And there is a corrupt Fatah government which is secular. And some people support that. It's all very heterogeneous. You cannot say that you have Palestinians, dolphins. Um, yeah, even though Palestinians and like, okay, so it, it, there's a huge difference between like, yeah, we you could be pro uh, anti Netanyahu because you're pro Israel, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you should you, be actually. Yeah, you could be anti Hamas. Because you're pro Palestinian. And you could even acknowledge that, especially in the Gaza Strip, okay? Here's the thing like the, the average view of people in Gaza Strip is too radical, even for the Palestinians in West Bank, okay? Like they, some, some people, some Palestinians from West Bank think like the Gaza Strip people are like, oof, like that is like, that's some insane, like those are, those but be radicals. for but, so long. The West Bank, yeah, no, but yeah. but you could you could acknowledge that the views that people have in uh, the Gaza Strip are on average worse than most, even most Islamic countries. Okay, like it's really bad. Like the views that people there have, right? But that doesn't mean that you're not gonna fight for their human rights. Like these are not a contradiction. Like people sometimes when you see like the statistics of what the views of people are in Gaza Strips are, some people are like you know what screw them. They deserve like this and this and that. Like no, that doesn't it doesn't work like that. I mean I mean you also have to understand that these. Why is there a difference? Why is there a giant difference between the views of people in the Gaza Strip and West Bank? Right. Well, because of the conditions that they raise it. Like the environment, you have to take environmental factor into. Um, 
you know into account um and you you know i mean telling saying people are a product of their environment is not is not a way for us to dismiss the responsibility of people for having such heinous views but at the same but you should still acknowledge it right like these are again these are not contradictions you can acknowledge the impact of the environment without um excusing it without you excusing could, it yeah you could fight for their human rights without defending their horrible views um and these these things be complicated right anybody that is trying is trying to make it a black and white uh, picture for you is just trying to you know be like you be on my side and everybody who disagrees you are oh, you you must be uh, like a pro like a, a pro apartheid or like racist person if you disagree with me or the other person like oh you're just excusing um islamic jihad on the other side like you know it's just like it's easy it's easier it's easier to just put people in camps and just decide you're not in my camp so you're on the other side and you're the enemy like it's just easy yeah and, and lazy and why is it that it's so easy anybody so many people just for criticizing the netanyahu policy they immediately throw out anti-semitism just like you know you don't open give someone an open diet coke can or something and they call you islamophobic right on a plane yep. remember that incident so yeah. this thing is thrown about so loosely this is anti-semitic this is anti-semitic then why is when somebody at the israeli a government official says that yeah palestinians is not responsibilities like dolphins that if if that is anti-semitic criticizing government's anti-semitic comparing all palestinians to dolphins in the mediterranean is racist Right, yeah. is anti-Arab, okay, anti-Palestinian, anti yeah, anti-Palestinian, right? Or yeah. so there's a, um, yeah, anti-Palestinian. So or, or yeah. you know you could say not anti-Arab. Was... I don't think anybody could accuse the Israeli, even even the Israeli government right now, of being anti-Arab. Okay, okay. Fair. they have they have they have gotten close to the worst Arab nations, but yeah, no, but anti-Palestinian. That's, that's why you know the word that's coming up now is apartheid. Right, that's what they're talking about. Apartheid is like between you know Israelis and Palestinians, and that is a trigger word that actually upsets people even more than racism or even more than anti-Arab is when they talk about apartheid because that brings up uh, you know South Africa. We used to come I, in. So I kind of yeah, like it. I kind of like the fact that they're use they're using the anti-Semitic accusations so loosely because I want this to become more just like islamophobia right now the accusation of islamophobia doesn't stick as like i think like um accusing people of misogyny uh racism uh islamophobia um and homophobia um on some of these should still have the sting power but it doesn't anymore because they were overused right so the, uh, it's unfortunate that uh some of them are doesn't have the power that it used to do because you know misogynists still exist homophobes still exist there's out there right so i wish that was a more powerful thing to uh, use but i'm glad that islamophobia d these days doesn't have the um, you know the doesn't have power. the singing power that it used to have right you couldn't you can't end careers or like you used to with it before right uh, yeah. the two remaining one are um accusations of transphobia and anti-semitic views these these two accusations are still 
they still have a lot of power behind them, right? Uh, it's really bad, and uh, it's really unfortunate for the tra uh, trans rights movement because it like there is a lot of transphobes out there, and well, now the, that you're overusing it, makes it harder to. to it's, it's, it's and for any of these groups, I mean, there there is there's real anti-Muslim hate out there. I mean, what China's right. doing is anti-Muslim. What Myanmar's doing is anti. Around the world, there's a lot of genuine anti-Muslim sentiment in in the west like in, in a lot of new zealand christchurch right i mean those kinds of things are that's anti-muslim stuff uh, mm -hmm. but it just gets swept under the rug now because there's so many spurious accusations of islamophobia that nobody takes it seriously and the same thing could could be happening with the you know terms like anti-semitism and that's why it's such a problem nowadays there is in a sort of addiction to victimhood there mm -hmm. is an addiction there's a perpetual sense of victimhood which i regard as a privilege that is a highest form of privilege nowadays if you can portray yourself as a victim. And everybody right. wants to portray themselves as victims. Now, there are real victims. I'm not talking about real victims. I'm talking about the self-pity and the entitlement. And right. self-pity and a sense of perpetual victimhood is the most malignant form of narcissism. And it's actually, let's, let's be self-critical as well, Ali. Uh, mm -hmm. Now that you're mentioning that, because that also happens within the ex-Muslim movement. A lot of ex-Muslims who are not in uh, danger, who um, keep acting like they're also the victims, right? Yeah. Uh, this is why I... I, 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 I always and we've talked about that. We've talked about like yeah. how serious really is. Let's put yeah. it in perspective. Th this is why a lot of times when we talk about uh, protecting ex-Muslims from harm, um, I need to clarify. People are like, oh, Armin, you're so brave, blah, blah, blah. I always need to clarify. I'm not in any danger, right? Like, I am I haven't, in fact, compared to most ex-Muslims, uh, I have had it. So my parents were accepting. I got out of Iran before I could, like, uh, uh, before my views had any negative, you know, I lived in Canada and I could say whatever I want. Like, people think, like, oh, when I bring attention to ex-Muslim rights, um, I'm saying, like, oh, I'm the victim. And, like, I have to clarify that I'm not. And we need to call out even people within our own movement that are keep trying to exaggerate how big of a victim I, they are. I do want to, yeah, go well, ahead. Well, sorry, yeah, one thing I want to say, what's really interesting, actually, in recent years, in recent <laughs> years, is that, uh, Armin, I think you've gotten probably more threats from the Hindutva than you have from Islamic jihadists. Yeah, but right. threats, that, yeah, but again, even when it comes to threats that we get, like a lot of people like to show their, their threats as a way to, to be like, I'm in danger. I could tell you these threats, none of these people will ever get to me, okay? Yeah, like I just, I will show the threats, the death threats and the other threats um, that I'm going to mention. Um I, just to sh just to show how ridiculous these people are, not because I'm trying to tell people like, oh my God, poor me, I'm in danger. I'm not in danger. In fact, these are in fact these are funny, you know, and it's very entertaining. Yeah, no, funny. listen. The point, the point, then you know what, what my point was, just really quickly. It's not about people genuine threat. Like for example, if you go to Iran right now, mm -hmm. you would be under threat of persecution. Yes. You would be of your course. high of profile. Course. People would know you're coming in. They may have your name. Then this person comes in. You know, then reported to us that there's a, anything can happen, and that can happen even now to anyways. We go to Pakistan or Iran or Saudi Arabia, that, so that is genuine. I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about people who have this sort of entitled sense of victimhood, entitled sense right. of sort of self pity. What self pity does is it gives you an excuse to focus all your attention on you, and it gives you an excuse to expect everybody else to focus their attention on you. Because right. what you're going through is so much worse than what they're going through.
right? I do want, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a, I, and it's a malignant form of narcissism. I just want to say it's a, and that's why it correlates so well with the social media age, self, right. self-pity, victimhood, narcissism, it all goes together. Uh, yes, I do want to highlight some some comments. Uh, John Smith is saying, didn't Palestinians choose to get the Russian vaccination and opt out of the Israeli program? Um, actually, uh, I, I don't I don't think that's okay. Hold on. No, yeah. Uh, so uh, let me just say this really quick. They didn't opt out of uh, not from what I've read, at least unless you have something here opting out of the Israeli program. But they did order the Russian vaccines. They've gotten I think ten thousand of them so far. Uh, Five thousand right. of them have been administered, which is again peanuts. Yeah, right? yeah. I just want to refer to why we were such. So this is from the Guardian, um, saying Israeli said to have used COVID vaccine as bargaining tools in Syria prisoner swap. Uh, Russia mediated deal in which Israeli woman was exchanged for two Syrian. Uh, sh- uh, shepherds. Israel secured coronavirus vaccines for the Syrian regime as part of uh, a Russian, uh, as part of a Russian mediated prisoner swap agreed this week, according to an Israeli source and local media reports. The source who requested uh, anonymity did not state the number of vaccines or whether they were from Israel's own supply. Uh, an Israeli reporter wrote on Twitter that the country had uh, paid Russia $1.2 million for its Sputnik V vaccine as part of the deal, citing foreign sources. The Prime Minister um, Benjamin Netanyahu announced on Friday that a young Israeli woman who crossed the border into Syria was heading back to the country. In return, the Israeli government had returned to, to Syrian shepherd. Uh, it had been holding, he said. It, it is not clear why Israeli. Okay, yeah. So this is another deal. Yeah, I don't know. They're like they're making deals. So it, I I don't know, man. This whole place, I I don't I don't get that. Man. It was another. This was about this. Yeah, but there was another one. This is about the prisoner swap. But there was another one that was being used against the Palestinians and government as well. But yeah, but it is. It doesn't. Yeah. It. Um, and again, we have to decide which one we're talking when we talk about Palestinians. We have to also remember that we're talking about two governments, right? When you say Palestinians opt out of this or opt out into that, are we talking Hamas or are we talking about Fatah? Um, oh, yeah, here. Israel uses vaccine as bargaining chip. Bargaining but it's chip. okay. So, like, we're, yeah. I think, they're kind of, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I think overall the idea is like, did they opt out or not? I, I don't think they really had that much of a choice. I mean, the way the vaccination drive was happening is as early as January 6th, Amnesty International had put out a report um, saying, you know, denying COVID vaccine, 19 vaccines to Palestinians exposes Israel's institutionalized discrimination. Uh, so they called this out, this Amnesty International. And, and the, you know, the same kind of thing that you have the Israeli health ministry's comments and, um, ultimately, like they they got their vaccines, the Palestinians got their vaccines, the Russian vaccines. The Sputnik came to uh, Israel, and then it was it was shipped over to Ramallah uh, in in Palestine. There's only about five thousand doses, so they're trying to get right. it wherever they can. I really want to I really want to go over the things that I have a list here. I actually made this a couple of days ago. About the things um, in Israel that I'm for and I'm against. Uh, if I if we have time, I want to go through that. I've never read this list to anyone before. Mm-hmm. I just like making it, um, you know. I, but I do want to before. I only want to do that if I if we have time, right? But I do want to really quickly because we're getting close to one hour mark. 
um, read this, uh, read the comments here by our okay. Uh, so, uh, FA is saying, uh, Have you guys watched Abby Martin's interviews with Israelis? What are your thoughts on the anti Palestinian sentiment in Israel? So, I haven't, uh, I have seen I, Armin Navabi's interviews with Israelis, and also one of the guests that we had, remember, uh, who yes. interviews and talks to them. Um, so uh like those i've seen a lot but um actually i i interviewed a lot of israelis in israel about palestinians and i can tell you there doesn't seem to be a concept like their their views seem to be well here's the thing these interviews my interviews uh abby martin's interviews these are not very they, they're not scientific well not not very i'm saying not very not at all scientific <laughs> right so you shouldn't base your um my impression seem to be like every single israelis are their views are very diversified right like it's all over the place like in palestine both um, um i met with a lot of israeli uh, sorry a lot of um atheists Palestinians and Muslim Palestinians, um, they seem to be more on the same side of how anti-Israeli they are, except there were some rare differences when it comes to very the young generation, right? They seem to be a little bit different than the older people. Uh, but, the Arab, but the Muslims and the atheist Palestinians seem to be closer, having closer views with each other when it comes to Israel. In, in Israel, uh, the, um, they seem to be very different. Like every two Israelis seem to uh, disagree with each other. And this was true among both Jewish Israelis and Arab Israelis. They didn't seem to have, they didn't seem to agree much. Um, so, but again, this is not a um, poll, scientifically collected poll. If you want to look at what the average opinions are, it's better to look at scientific um uh polls and stuff like that right yeah um yeah can we highlight john smith's comment so this is this i i actually want to read something that i did that's very relevant to this uh and it has to do with christopher hitchens so john smith is saying having a country for jewish self-determination and and treating palestinians fairly can both be true and and this i completely agree with i mean this is exactly what it is you know does israel have the right to be a jewish state of course it does and but can they also treat palestinians the same they can so Armin, um, I just want to read out uh, the Christopher Hitchens quote on this because I think. That All right, can I, I'm going to go use the washroom while you uh, while you read that. Okay, be right back. Oh my God, Armin, you didn't go before. It's okay. It's okay. Let's go. Armin, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. So I'll read it out. So this is uh, Christopher Hitchens um, on uh, Israel, right? And this is uh, probably I can't remember when it was. I think it was around 2010. Um, he died in 2011. So he said, quote, in order for Israel to become part of the alliance against whatever we want to call it, religious barbarism, theocratic, possibly thermonuclear theocratic or nuclear theocratic aggression, it can't, it'll have to dispense with the occupation. It's as simple as that. It can be, you can think of it as a kind of European style, Western style country if you want, but if it can't govern other people against their will. It cannot continue to steal their land in the way that it does every day. And it's unbelievably irresponsible of Israelis, knowing the position of the United States and its allies are, knowing the position that the United States and its allies are in around the world, to continue to behave in this unconscionable way. And I'm afraid I know too much about the history of the conflict to think of Israel as just a tiny little island surrounded by a sea of ravening wolves and so on. I mean, I know quite a lot about how that state was founded and the amount of violence and dispossession that involved, 
and I'm a prisoner of that knowledge. I can't unknow it, end quote. And this is, I think, really goes to the heart of uh, what John Smith's comment was, that was pro Hitchens was actually very, very pro-Jewish self-determination. He was big on it. He was Jewish himself. His mom was Jewish. But he was very um, adamant about this, uh, you know, this, the, the democratic precepts that Israel claims and Israel being able to earn those claims, like earn credibility for those claims by treating Palestinians uh, in, in a fair way. Hmm. Okay, let me let me tell you, let me tell you that something is true, but but still doesn't change uh, the fact that we need to be pro-Palestinian as well. Okay, it, like, if I just say this in a vacuum, it might seem like I am I am for treating Palestinian people like garbage. Okay, that's why you need to like, but this is a true fact. Okay, and you, Ali, let me know if you think it's true or not. Okay, um. The average Palestinian, um, especially you know, is more likely to be okay with committing the worst human rights abuses against Israeli civilians and even children. Okay, then and 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 the, the average Israeli is very unlikely to be for the same thing for against Palestinian citizens civilians. Uh, and children, okay? This is true, right? The average Palestinian is way more likely to be for committing such human rights violations. I mean, things that I can't even mention against Israeli children, okay? This fact will might be used for you to, to get you on the side of you also being on the, same, on the side of human rights violations against Palestinian and for you to be on the side of collective punishment, okay? And in fact, a lot of this fact, this unfortunate fact has been used to uh, brainwash a lot of Israelis as well to want revenge, not against individuals who have committed the crime, but to be on the side of collective punishment. Collective punishment that Israeli politicians advocate for i have watched interviews of israeli politicians who are openly on the side of erasing palestinian villages like wiping them out right um but this again saying that that's a fact does not deny the fact that palestinians are worse okay I'll, you know <laughs> so, i mean for, for example, I can say I, I know of Israeli politicians that have seen say, said things that are as bad as being on the side of, well, they did this to us, so it's okay for us to do it to them, right? Um, while knowing that if Hamas, if Hamas, if the people who are for Hamas, for example, the, the Palestinians in Gaza Strip, they voted for Hamas. So that means that they are okay with act of genocide on all of Israelis, right? That's also true, right? Again, one does not deny the fact you could be better than both of these, okay? Yes, one of them is worse than the other one. One of them is way worse than the other one, right? These mm. this horrible views is way more common on the Palestinian side than the Israeli side. That's true, okay? Yeah. That does but you as an individual could be above all of this, okay? You could, you could be, be like, and, you know, even even that though, Armin, there's one thing it is also not a level playing field. So we can't forget that there is a power differential, right? So there is a uh, 
So for instance, and I said, I'm, I'm not convinced, this is not an exact analogy to the Israel-Palestine situation, but if you have, you know, women under Taliban rule, okay, well, women under Taliban, you say, well, you know, the, the, the women who are under Taliban rule um, are willing to do much, much worse things to the Taliban and even their kids, right, than the average Taliban guy would do to the women, right? There's obviously... When you say that, it's not a completely fair statement because obviously the Taliban are ruling over the women and they're, they're oppressing them. So in this case, like, no. the only part of this analogy that applies, and it's not again, not an exact analogy, but this idea that one side is under occupation, no, uh, one okay, side Ali, is under the rule it, of it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. My point is that whether you think that whatever their horrible views are, whatever the percentages are, people's horrible views does not justify you being on the side of human rights violations. You of know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, could, yeah. Be, you could be like, you could be like, well, they were either, either, either you could have the argument. I think it's missing the point. Like, you know, for example, you know, if I go and say like, oh, this is a ISIS member, and now you capture them in war, and now they need to be able to hire a lawyer to have a lawyer to defend their rights. You know, they need to see their day in court. And you're like, Armin, you're defending a ISIS member. Why are you why are you doing this? Right? No, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if you think like somebody would like, well, they're horrible views, they were product of the environment, something happened to the parents. Somebody like, no, they should be held responsible. It doesn't really matter if they're product of their environment or not. Those are that's a separate discussion. Whether they deserve to be punished or not, I mean, they deserve whether you should feel sympathy for their environment while also ask for the punishment. That's a separate discussion for you. That's one debate, and I know what side I am. I'm, I'm on the side of feeling sympathy and also want responsibility yeah, for them, right? The but that's a separate thing from saying, like, whatever their horrible views are, I'm also going to ask for the human rights of even the people with the most vile views. I don't care, right? Yes. And, gonna and I'm going to also, also talking about a whole group of people as a collective, uh, it's not going to get you anywhere, right? Like even if even if 99.9% percentage of Palestinians, which is this, not true, believe that, yeah, I'm pro-genocide I'm pro against uh, all Israelis, right? For the sake of that, Last, you know, point one percent. I'm gonna every single Palestinian should be treated like an individual. You know yeah, what I mean? I, but, well, I, but, I think that they should be treated as individuals anyway, and I, I'm saying that about both Israelis and Palestinians because I think a lot of them genuinely are victims of their circumstances. I mean, imagine this. Here's the thing. Okay, so supposing you know you're living in a nice country like Canada, right? And and someone could you find out that your daughter, you know, your your kid has been um, assaulted and murdered by a bunch of rich kids, a bunch of rich boys, right? Um, what would you do? Would you go and take a gun and go shoot those boys? No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, okay, the law is going to take care of them. They're going to get arrested. They're going to get tried. We're going to have a defense attorney. We're going to go through due process and everything and, and, and prosecution and everything, and we're going to get them uh, in jail, and they're going to get the punishment they deserve. And you're fairly confident it will happen, and it most likely will happen. Imagine if it doesn't happen. Imagine if the ruling power says no. Okay, the judge says no. You know we're not going to do that. These kids are fine, and someone pays money, or there's some sort of corruption, or something happens, and those kids get off scot free. And your daughter has been assaulted and murdered. Okay, at that point, 
just basic human nature. And nobody's saying is right. It's not going to be right for the dude to go out, the father to go out and start going and taking the law in his own hands and start going and gunning these kids down. It's not going to be right at all. You know, all but, right, Ali, we need, I really need to read some of the, because I need to say something. Yeah, let's say that, that was the point. The, the book, okay, you, so Bobo, you want to read Bobo's comment? Yeah, Bobo's saying, this is what Hindutva does too. If you criticize the BJP government or Modi, you're Hindu phobic. Yeah, it's, it is a pandemic of victimhood mentality. It's everywhere. Everybody just wants to out victim each other. Um, uh, oppression Olympics. Bobo then continues, he says, but because enough Hindus criticize Hindutva and BJP too, I don't expect the Hindu phobia bogey to work in the West like Islamophobia did. Hmm. This is something true about Israel as well. Because all these people, this whole narrative of you criticizing Israel, uh, you must make you anti-Semitic, doesn't work inside Israel. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a, there's a lot, in, there's a lot, like, you want criticism of Israel? Look at, <laughs> just listen to Israelis, right? Mm -hmm. you know, the Israelis are very, very critical of their own governments, right? So that's another thing. I mean, well, I mean, the, the thing is, right now, there's a rift between uh, Jews in the U.S. and Jews in Israel. Like, there's a big, and well, not all Jews in Israel, just half of them. Right? There's a um, th there's a big rift. I mean, you saw what happened with Seth Rogen's comments. I mean, there's there's all of these conflicts that are happening. There's different viewpoints. Uh, between between both of them too, uh, there's just a lot more information. Okay. Oh yeah, Sorry. and King saying Corey Gelchuster, who's our guest. I did we mention we talked about him. We may not have mentioned his name, but that was in Corey Gold. He's got great. Yeah. He's Go check out. his channel. Very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I'm, I one thing that I regret is that not meeting him when I was in Israel. I I do want to quickly list the things that I'm against and I'm for. Do when it comes to Israel, okay? And you tell me if you agree or not, okay? Yeah. By the way, I consider myself a Zionist after what I learned what Zionism actually means when I went to Israel. Um, and I also met a lot of Zionists um, who are against the occupation in the West Bank. Um, a lot of Zionists, you know, so you just like my understanding of Zionism completely changed, okay? Oh, by the way, based on some definitions of Zionism, I'm not a Zionist, right? Yeah, yeah but define it the way that you are, because now that you've said it, you have to clarify, right? What, what do you well, mean? yeah, I mean, if you basically like, I mean, there's a lot of history. Zionism as, uh, originally was a secular movement. It had not, it, it got Zionism got corrupted when religion got mixed with it, right? Or so was an atheist. Uh, yeah, yeah it could have been in Uganda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I mean, um, Zionism originally was meant to protect um, Jewish people. Like, it's it, it was a really uh, noble idea, you know, something that I wish we could one day do when it comes for atheists. But to but no, I mean, it, it was a it, it was a very bold movement to protect like a, a unique idea to come up with a way to protect Jews against all the discrimination that they were facing all around the world, and it worked. Um, I, I just mixed. They just put them in the worst place possible. I mean, at that time, it was the best place possible, Ali. It you didn't so? like. I don't know I, how much of that is revisionist history. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I think the only the worst thing about that place was not the Arabs and the Muslims surrounding it. The worst thing about that was the fact that the the 
the uh, the Dome of the Rock and the uh, temple was there because mm -hmm. it turned the movement into something religious. That's the worst. I think that's what made it worse. The 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 problem with the, like a lot of people like oh they were they picked the worst neighborhood with all the enemies around all these Muslims doing uh, compared to the Russians and the Germans and everyone uh, and <laughs> Ukraine like compared to all of the people that were anti-Jewish. That didn't seem like a very bad place at that time. The the problem with that land at that well, time. When you point that out, then they talk about how they were discriminated against in Muslim countries too. No, yeah, they were, they were, but e almost equally, like um, at least the Muslims in that area were like less hostile. To, yes, but um, I'm just saying the whole world was against them. Okay? Oh, Israel should have been in, in Ontario, or it should have been in. It could have been in Alberta or Saskatchewan. Somewhere. There was no, there was no land for them beautiful. to pick. There was no land for them available to pick it. No, but I'm just saying the thing that ruined Zionism was the religious aspect of it, which had rotted, made it rotten from the core, rather than the enemy from outside. What ended up being the enemy from the inside that ruined the movement. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, but I am for like Israel. What I like is Israel became a land to protect. Jewish people from harm, but it should have evolved into a land that was not meant for Jews. Um, it should have evolved into a, a land, it could still be like a land that is uh, home to all anyone who's oppressed, right? Like, you know, so here's the thing I, I do believe in um, ethnostates if the ethnostates foundation was based on protecting an ethnicity that is under attack, not based on my ethnicity being superior if it's based on an ethnicity that is under attack uh, and it requires protection that ethnostate makes sense right you are not making your ethnicity seem like superior to other races your other people are seeing it as inferior you're trying to provide a creative protection for yourself so in that same sense maybe like i don't know some other some other forms might have made sense but right now uh, the jewish people are safe outside of israel okay um the jewish people are like there is enough like that environment i mean th there is still a lot of anti-jewish views but that environment where does not exist anymore and like jewish people have a home in the united states they have a home in canada they have a home in europe yes you could point to attacks against them and hate against them it's not the same thing okay with you know so I think like, and also think like, if you make uh, Israel not being a Jewish state, doesn't mean that all the Jewish Jews around the world are going to be unprotected. I do think like the spirit of Israel being a land for the people who being who are oppressed and just making it, you know, continuing and that, you know, like for example, I hate the fact that Israel does not even recognize the Armenian genocide, right? Like what is like this whole idea of never forget, never forget. What are you talking about? You guys are forgetting left and right, right? You got like Israel is not pushing against China. Israel is not pushing like not like they're like never forget. Oh yeah, never forget the genocide that was against your people, and you're not even recognizing because of the relationship that you have with Turkey as a country. Israel doesn't even recognize the Armenian genocide. So don't don't like you're you're joking. Never yeah. forget like this is. Like Godwin's law, like I understand why Godwin's law is there, but in some cases, like when it's applied in absolute terms where you should never ever compare anything, that's just BS. Because if you you can't say never forget, never forget, and then also say, well, any comparison to you know what happened in World War II is just a violation of Godwin's law and shouldn't be taken seriously. You can't do both. 
I mean, we can't do, we cannot not do Godwin Love. We're talking about Israel. How could we not? It's the foundation of it. No, no, no. no, no but, what I'm but, saying, you know what I mean, right? You know, like yeah. when you, if you do yeah, but, not bring up comparisons when there are sort of demagogues on the rise and things like that, if you don't <laughs> do that, then never forget it becomes meaningless. I, I think Israel, based on its foundation, could have, based on what it stood for as a country, could have been the leading country when it comes to human rights. That was the, it, it would have been, it, it would have been its genesis and it could have continued being its identity, right? Uh, it could have, it should have been the country that led the way against um, human rights abuses against Muslims in India, uh, in China. Um, a, a, the leading way to be against Turkey when it comes to not even remembering the Armenian genocide. Um, Israel didn't even take a big stance when uh, when China started taking a, a oppressing Jewish people in yeah. Israel because they're not the right type of Jews apparently, right? They're not like they're like religiously Jews, but like not ethnically the same Jews that they care about, which is like insane. Uh, but here's the thing. So the things that I don't like about Israel is the right-wing parties, uh, the influence of religion and politics. Yes, I know it's more secular than all its neighbors, but it's uh, it's more secular than all its neighbors, but it's less secular than the countries that I consider secular, like Canada, for example, yeah. or United States. So it's not like so, a Western country. It's not like a yeah, Canada, yeah, yeah. yeah. or France. Yeah, uh, I don't like Netanyahu at all. I don't like. I'm against the occupation, the settlements in the West Bank. Um, I'm against all the forces within Israel that is trying to uh, move it uh, closer to an ethno state and create second class citizenship for Arabs inside Israel. Um, I'm against the war crimes that Israel has committed. Like, yes, yes, I am for is defending Israel as a, as a nation, uh, but I acknowledge that there has been many war crimes committed by the Israeli government. Um, I'm against the the how common it is for among a, a lot of Israeli politicians to openly advocate for collective punishment and justify it because of mm -hmm. the uh, horrible crimes committed by the other, uh, other side. So these are the things that I don't like about Israel. The things that I do like about Israel, um, first of all, I like that it, that it exists, okay? Israel, it should exist as a country. I love Israel as a country. I want Israel to survive as a country, okay? Uh, I love the fact that how, how free speech um, how free people are to be against the government, be against to even to even be pro-Palestinian uh, governments inside Israel. So free speech is something that is very protected in Israel. Um, I I love the how when it when when Israel's government does not commit human rights abuses, I love how effective they are at protecting itself. Right, like I love how how efficient um, Israel's uh, military and intelligence oh, agencies are. No, I like I like how amazing, how smart and sophisticated um, the you know Mossad is, uh, and how um, you like how, how the Tanakh Yes, exactly. I love how not, not just Fakhri Sadeh, every time like the um, nuclear scientists in Iran, they basically they, they, they go in, they take care of like they are this is a little tiny country that is like take managing to somehow do the highest amount of damage against our enemies right when it's not when it's doing that without committing human rights abuses i'm cheerleading that on and i like i love the strength of israel when it's doing that without committing human rights abuses okay um okay so uh, i recognize 
Okay, yes. I also uh, like the fact that um, Israel is one of the, not one of the, the only real democracy in that region. Uh, I like how Israel is the only um, LGBT, like is the leading LGBT friendly country in that region. Uh, I like how entrepreneurial, uh, the, the entrepreneurial spirit of uh, um, Israel, uh, how many new ideas, new businesses uh, came out of Israel, um, you know, when, both when it comes to intellect, academia, innovation, Israel is not, Israel is not leading the world, uh, not leading in these aspects in the region. Israel is leading in the world. Okay, uh, Israel is going to be Israel's technology is going to be sol the solution uh, for the whole world uh, when it comes to uh, access to clean water, when it comes to green technology. Um, Israel is going to save a, a lot of the planet when it comes to the you know all, all of the investment that they made in uh, coming up with solution that the whole world is going to need at some point, yeah. right? Um, so Sorry. yeah, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, the, wait, wait, wait. Uh, two two more things. I love Israel's history. If you're a history buff, you will love going to Jerusalem. Jerusalem oh, is my yes. Jerusalem is my number one favorite city in the world. Uh, and the number one thing I love about Israel food is IDF girls. <laughs> I did, well, you know what I was going to say at the end of that. I was going to say Gal Gadot. I still don't know how to pronounce her name. Oh. But her and Yuval Noah Harari. Well, yeah. now we're going to start naming Israeli people, but that's okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that that's it. I think that that's what uh, we're talking about. Um, you know, I, I think this is a good place to come to because I, I, Armin, I think you and I largely agree on this issue, and I don't think you'll be able to pin us as you know pro or anti any other side. And you know, we're agreeing way too much nowadays. So we need to find a stream where we don't. I think people miss us fighting. But um, yeah, if you if you like what you heard today, if you're interested in more things like this, you want to watch them live, uh, go to patreon.com slash SJME. For as little as a dollar, you can get five of these episodes every month. Uh, you can come into the live streams. You can participate. You can ask questions. You can watch us live. Um, and uh, if, you, if you can't do that, then you know, go give us a rating on iTunes and, and just keep on, keep on listening. And Great. yeah. Jim Jim is saying good and fair points by Armin. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And Susanna is saying so predictable when it comes to the last thing I like about the trend. Yeah, predictable yeah. and reliable are synonyms. So that means that just means consistency. Right, right, right. So, guys, uh, yeah, if you want to join us live and um, for us to read your comments while we discuss these things, and if you just if you just want to support the show, yeah, link in the description. Uh, and yeah, also if you're listening to this on your um, podcast as a podcast. Please also come support our YouTube channel. Subscribe to Secular Jihadists on YouTube. Uh, or if you're listening to this on YouTube, um, then, you know, give us a rating, like Ali said, on iTunes. That really, really helps. Anyways, um, okay, thank you. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. The Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends. Write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions. Or head over to secularjihadist.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.